0: This week, Father Paul exposes the origin and absurdity of the fallacious dilemma of endless philosophical discussions concerning whether the foreknowledge of God is to be equated with his will. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Terazi Tuesdays. You know, I'm trying to not overwhelm my hearer, but make sure that the hearer would realize that I'm on solid ground in my comments. It's a conclusion that you will come to when you hear at the end of Genesis, that everybody was together in Hebron, And by the way, this Hebron, as I stress now and again, in Joshua will not be the inheritance of the insider Joshua, but the outsider Caleb, the dog, the outsider. And twice in the book of Joshua, it is written that Hebron, The city of Abraham was the inheritance of Caleb. This is amazing. So one more time. You see, when I need, I move over many books. It's like the bones of Joseph that you hear about. Earlier, Richard picked up the name Be'erai here. The Hittite and you hear it also in Hosea in connection with harlotry, and then you connected with the Hittite in Ezekiel sixteen with the harlotry and so so things are interconnected, and I hope at one point more and more of my hearers or students would realize the internal oneness. Of scripture not because theology says so and God is one and never changes and so on. It changes quite a few times in scripture. The main thing is to really keep hearing and hearing and hearing and that's why you know we need to meet together and ask questions but try to answer out of the text. So ultimately The hearer at one point will realize that Rebecca was not as good as we would like to imagine her. Okay, that's all I'm saying. And God foils everybody. Okay, Rebecca would be, if you like, in this text, the parallel of Eve in Genesis 3 and so on. I mean people can do, it doesn't mean that Adam is better, it means that ultimately the scriptural God will prevail in the scriptural story, not will prevail on the street of Saint Paul, in the scriptural story. There is something that is, it seems after my long experience, very difficult to inculcate in the mind of the people because we like to gaze at our navel in the beginning was our navel throughout history is our navel and at the end there will be only our navel in the statue that will be built over our tomb Do you like that, Richard? Sounds good, I can be poetic. But this is not scripture for one simple reason that God doesn't have an evil. And that's the basic difference between that God and ourselves. So, let's conclude with the first twist Every one of Abraham's progeny will end up buried in Hittite field or earth. Remember again the use of the word field with Esau. He is a man of the field. So ultimately it will prove to be positive obeying the voice of his mother, sent Jacob, as I said, into exile. I mean 14 years and he was fooled by his own uncle. And this parallels the story of Adam and Eve out of the garden when they did not obey the voice of the Lord God. Three, the intent of Rebecca of securing blessing upon Jacob ended up in the curse of exile and servitude. A first such chapter with Laban that will culminate in the years spent in Egypt, which Ishmael and Esau did not experience. That's a very important point in scripture and in my teaching. Jacob went for 14 years, and then his children threw him, and then he, at the end, was stuck. Okay, let me repeat, which Ishmael and Esau did not experience. And the conclusion is that we have here another classic example, which I would like to repeat again and again and again in all my podcasts until my last breath. A classic example of how what is allowed by the scriptural story, or God, should not be taken as tantamount to his agreeing with it. And this is something so difficult to uproot out of the minds of my students and hearers and so They think that when God allows something, He's agreeing with it. And my classic example, as you all know, is the story of kingship in the times of Samuel. Samuel actually is correct, he complains to God, how could you, the only king, allow them to have a king? And God told him, you know, I'm getting too old, let's not worry about that now. Just give them a king and I will take care of that down the road. This is how scripture functions. And this is another example how a human being wanted to get to force God's hand to get the blessing, and then it ends up in the following direction. Taken the matter as such, in other words, what God allows, this mani agrees with it, is the main reason behind the fallacy of theology. That is to say, equating his will to allow something with his will concerning what the human beings ought to do. This created the fallacious dilemma behind the endless philosophical discussions concerning whether the foreknowledge of God is to be equated with his will. Typical example is the story of Adam and Eve in the garden as handled in theology. I'm sure you've heard enough about, did God know that they were not going to obey, or didn't know if He knew, why did He allow them to be free, to fall, and and it's never ending. This is not scripture. And if you don't like it, just sell your Bible and let someone else explain it. That's my threat, my classic threat against all theologians and theology. If you don't like it, shove off! And don't take the Bible with you. Just leave it here. And we have a nice example in the command of Jesus to his disciples, and go with this teaching to the first village and stay there and tell them the news. If they don't like it, just leave the village and go somewhere else. But we humans do not like to do the lack, we like to convince of the truth of my statement and I am right and so on, but that's the story of the seed that was planted by the Nahash, you know, the serpent in Hebrew means the omen, the bad luck. And 1 Corinthians 12 is very important, I would like to save you from the cunning of the evil one that misled Eve, and then he attacks his colleagues as being the ministers of Satan. It's a text much harsher than Galatians chapter 2. But how much do you hear about it? Oh, Paul was in a bad mood. Okay, we have to take this very seriously. That you are misled in your thinking because you assume that what you think is real, is the dabar. what you think is a mental masturbation, that's all what it is <laughs> and the biblical story gives hope not to you within the story of those who abide by God's command and it ends good for them in the biblical story and not outside around you otherwise you, you'll get stuck like someone can approach me today and said you've been in St. Paul for a few years do you think the Capitol and the Cathedral of St. Paul are willed by God? I don't know and I don't care and I'm not interested because In my Biblical text there is no reference to the capital and the cathedral of St. Paul let alone to the city of St. Paul. Now I live here and I can talk business and I go to the supermarket but don't ask me questions of this kind regarding the will of the scriptural God concerning the supermarket next door to me. Do you think their decision to close at 6 p.m. during Covid was it according to the will of God or not? No, it was according to the rulers of the city and the governor and the owners of the, that's it. What can you learn from their wisdom? I don't want to learn from their wisdom. It's a free country. I don't want to learn from their wisdom. And we have to be bold and keep it at that. Okay. And people tell me that I don't entertain. I do entertain. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.